With so many accountancy out there, how do you as a dairy farmer go about choosing the right one? How can you establish if an accountant truly understands your specific needs and challenges? And how do you make sure you're taking full advantage of your accountant's knowledge? Helping us answer those questions and many more today is someone with loads of experience working with dairy farmers. Nigel McWilliam is a Chartered Accountant and Director at MBS Advisors based in Morrinsville, Waikato. He's a dairying specialist accountant. He's also a director shareholder of a 1200 cow farm in North Otago. My name's Ben Chapman-Smith and I hope you enjoy episode 34 of Talking Dairy. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified when new episodes go live. Let's get into it. Nigel, we're so grateful to you for giving up your time to come on the podcast. Thank you. I wonder if you could just introduce yourself to farmers. How long have you been an accountant and and what's your experience of working with dairy farmers? Well, thanks, Ben, and and thank you for the opportunity to uh, come along today. Yeah, I'm a southern boy by background. I'm a farm boy from Quarry Hills, actually, down in the deep Catlins. So that's where I started from, through Lincoln, and then joined the Rural Bank in its day. And I had 10 years in banking, effectively, in the rural banking scene all around the country, Palmerston North, Gisborne, Waikato, in Central Otago, so I got a good taste of, of agribusiness. And then um, whether I saw the light or crossed to the dark side, I'm still to work that one out yet, but uh, I jumped into accounting about ten years, about 20 years ago and landed in the Waikato and, and it's our home. And uh, I've been a chartered accountant now for 20 years and operating our own business here in Best Advisors in, uh, in the dairy capital of New Zealand, in Morrinsville. So naturally you would work with a lot of dairy farmers? Yes, absolutely. So uh, that's our sort of core uh, bread and butter business. We've got probably 60% of our book is, is dairy farming and then the ancillary businesses around that that support that industry. And uh, yes, so quite a deep understanding of that industry here. So Nigel, getting on to the topic, there are many accountants out there. How can a dairy farmer go about choosing the right one for them? Yeah, I guess uh, it comes right down to just matching their needs at the time. Um, that's really important. They might have an immediate need right now that needs to be solved. And so that's re- where we step in, maybe uh, seeking a second opinion from another advisor as well. So stepping into that space. But I guess uh, the key one is aligning their needs with the skill set that the accountant has and the background and ensuring, I guess, that that practice has the right technology and the right support people and services or suite of services to offer the full business because when you're taking on an accountant it's not just the director or that client manager you're dealing with it's their entire team it's a team game this one also I guess aligning age and stage there's different needs of businesses through age and stage of career the personality fits a big one you got to land that well it's got to be a good fit there the accessibility of that accountant so ensuring it you're dealing with that person the whole time. And I guess just aligning the core values of your business with their business. That's really super important. And we're all about enlightenment in here. And that's how we do our business. So many of us think that a good accountant is someone who can just do a good job on our taxes at the end of the year. Is that what farmers should be looking for in the relationship? Or does it extend further than that? Well, tax is an outcome. It's, a, it's an outcome, a result of success, I guess you could say a result of, of a good strategy. So really when you're engaging with your accountant, the accountant skill sets are vast now. They're much broader than they have been. The scope of the work is growing. 
So it's about strategy. It's it's first and foremost is is why you're in business, and then the accountant assists you through that strategic pathway. And if you make a profit, you pay tax, and that's just an outcome of a small part of the role now. Nigel, explain the difference between tax accounts and management accounts. Should an accountant provide both? Uh, yes, absolutely, and and accountants do by default anyway. I guess if a farmer is looking for their accountant to do their GST for them every couple of months, you're providing management accounts because it's generally cash-based and uh, it's relevant and it's, it's right up to the date information around cash balances and, and profitability to that point. And you do actual to budget reporting off that GST reporting as well, which is quite useful. And the tax accounts are basically a set point at the end of the year, which is your balance date. I guess the Tax accounts are done what we call on a accrual basis, which means that the transactions are matched to the time that they occurred rather than when it was actually physically paid for. And of course, the tax is derived from that. So management accounting is really super important with regards to day-to-day decisions. And the tax accounting part of it is year-end compliance reporting, basically. And how do you work out if an accountant truly understands farming or is more of a generalist? Yeah, you're a really good question. I guess it comes down to their industry background and actually knowing the terminology for a start, so being able to speak the language. Maybe having an ownership interest in the industry themselves, so they may be farmers themselves or own, own farms or be shareholders in equity partnerships themselves. Having that ag background certainly helps. Also, having maybe served in another part of the industry with bringing other industry experience into their accounting role in past lives, such as my examples in that banking space, but also fertilizer companies and, and farm consultants and that type of thing, then you know move into the accounting role as, as maybe a natural career progression and really bring that extra piece of skill. But ultimately, you're seeing your accountant for a specialist lane of, of advice that you don't want farm advice from your accountant. It's not what they're about. But certainly it helps. So carrying that thought on then, if you're a farmer trying to find the right accountant, how do you interview them, uh, so to speak? I think uh, the first part of that is to have a non-obligation discussion up front first. And you sort of scope out each other because it's not just a one-way interview. It's important. <laughs> uh, they're obviously looking for the right accountant. But also, from us, our perspective, we're looking for the right client too. And um, we've got to be ensure that we don't have brand risk. To be fair, we don't want to take clients on who have got perennial effluent discharge problems with their councils or, or generally don't pay their bills on time or all those sorts of risks. So we, we've got to have some care in that space too. So we want good clients so we can and good people to work with and do good things. So I guess it comes down to also needs change over time as well. And just seeing where you sit with regards to your business life cycle and looking for the skill set that you need right now. Okay. And making sure that, that advice or that deep advice is available on where you're at. But importantly, asking your accountant about their own industry background or achievements or whether they're actually involved in the industry themselves and maybe in a lobbying role or an advisory role. They, they might be known already in publications and agribusiness publications or will just be uh, sought out by other industry people. And what sort of opinions they may have on, on current events like Hewaka Ekanoa or the Fonterra Capital Structure, for example, and asking those curly questions and just getting some offhanded opinion on that. But also, importantly, just knowing the industry around land values and straits networks as well that they bring and just how connected they really are to that industry that you're working in. 
So that would be perfectly acceptable to go along to a to set up a meeting with this accountant, go along and have some questions written down and, and really go through it to get a feel for you know how much they know and, and, and whether they're the right fit for you. Yes, I think that's quite valid. You're doing a job interview, and it's an interview both ways. What sort of time could you expect to, to spend with that accountant in that no-obligation interview? Yeah, generally about an hour and a half. That's what we generally do here. You need that to get to the deep stuff, to really understand you know, each other and, and make sure that the, the relationship's going to land right for a start. And also to understand the business, importantly, their business and the acute issues there as well. And also develop what the requirements are. Obviously, the, the tax accounting piece is, is part of it, but just to build time into looking at that strategy side of things and whether it has been discovered before. What can a farmer do to ensure that they're getting the most from their accountant on an ongoing basis? What kind of questions should they be asking and how can they take best advantage of the accountant's expertise? Well, an accountant themselves, uh, it takes nine years to become a chartered accountant. It almost takes longer to be an accountant than a surgeon, believe it or not. <laughs> so the accountant's skill set is deep. It's thoroughly tested. They have to pass exams. Uh, it is a difficult bar to reach and there's quite an attrition rate. Your chartered accountant has, first and foremost, a skill set that's proven. Okay, So you're starting with a, a proven professional from the get-go. It's just about landing whether that skill set is, is the right skill set for you. Accounting is so broad. It's a massively broad profession, and you cannot be a specialist on everything. You can be a generalist on some things or have awareness of things, which we then go and seek other advice and peer review that advice. But uh, accountants have their specialist topics. They have their comfy slippers, if you like, and you need to find that right accountant with you share those comfy slippers. Nigel, how do you reach a point where you trust your accountant enough and you have that rapport, that relationship to really respect and take their advice on board? It must take time to build that relationship, right? Yes, it does. It generally does take time. It's about repeating successes. That builds trust. But it does depend on where the client relationship starts. If there's an acute issue straight away, such as a crisis uh, that you're dealing with, you build trust very quickly because you step into their shoes and, and you want to do the best you absolutely can. And we've done that a number of times and we've got clients for life just simply out of the time we're able to assist. So, yeah, that's that's really important. That trust piece is fundamental. Sometimes we do get calls that are way out of our lane with regards to that trust piece and that might mean police matters or relationship breakdowns. So in one way, it's a compliment to be thought of or be front of mind in those crisis moments, but we are there to put them in the right direction with regards to that particular piece of advice at that time. Does it matter if I choose an accountant who charges an hourly rate versus a set annual fee? No, it doesn't. And, and different accountants charge at different rates. We're hourly rate here. Uh, that's how we like to roll, really. It just avoids that sort of scope creep with regards to projects. But it's horses for courses. We do do some fixed fee on specific project work as well. But really, price isn't the issue when you're looking for good advice. What do you mean by that? Well, if you get tied up with value pricing in, in regards to, hey, look, you're seeing your accountant as an overhead or it's cost too much. I mean, you're losing sight of the picture. You pay for what you get, basically. And uh, you know the outcome should be the measure of the value of the relationship rather than the, the, the fee. That's that's my view. Should accountants provide benchmarking information to their clients if they want it? 
Yes, it's absolutely essential. We bring it anyway. It's sort of you don't know what you don't know with some of these relationships. And uh, it brings a relevance to the reporting. So you can compare year against year or against peers as well. The more important benchmarking is comparing against yourself over time. So it shows that measured change in your specific business and specific circumstances, which is far more powerful than comparing against someone else who might have had a head start in some space with soil type or cows or location. So we bring dairy-based reporting to all of our annual financial statements. We actually start with that discussion for a start. So we talk about the management accounts, and that brings context to the actual tax accounts at the end. And some of our clients actually spend more time on the dairy-based report than we do on the actual tax side of things. Understand they've had a really good year. They compare really well with others. They've done better than they did last year. And tax is just a consequence or an outcome of a really good strategy. I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but say if you, when you get to that conversation, if a farmer's benchmarking poorly against other farmers of comparison in the region, is that where you can get into sort of an advisory sort of a role in helping them uh, sort of starting to pull on some of those threads, the areas that could be improved on? Yeah, it's a credit creating awareness and bringing that gently into the discussion. And there could be some reasons for those as well. So it's not just generally that they're bad farmers or poor farmers. There's just genuinely reasons for these things. And we send the dairy-based report out with draft accounts. So they come into the meeting here already prepped to answer the question that I'm going to ask them because I know it's coming because we've been doing this long enough now. And we actually understand that the policy or the issue that's happened on farm, if animal health blows out, the reason for that and the, and the negative correlation between feed and high animal health and those sorts of things, or the labour issue, which is called the massive repairs and maintenance blowout and stuff like that. So it tells a story, as I said, it brings relevance. What does this, this data actually mean for my business? It's really, really interesting story. Is that for you as an accountant, somebody who loves numbers and things, you know, you don't often hear about accountants talking about the story and, you know, the thread running through, but is that something you love about what you do? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's the storytelling within the accounts that sells. You, you tell the story of the, I start with the report card, which is a profit and loss. And, and if you've done well, it must flow into the balance sheet. And if it's if the money is still there, that's great. If it isn't, it must have been spent and that's gone through the partner's capital account. So we tell the story of the money flowing through the business and how that story of the strategy is coming together. And okay, so we've, we've got this part of our strategy right now. Where to from here? So it is very much the reporters is, is how to tell that story. Nigel, maybe not the most positive question, but we were talking before about building that rapport and, and that relationship with your an accountant. If I realise that relationship isn't working so well, what would you advise? Go in and have a chat with your accountant or find a new one. It's important to have a chat with your accountant in the first instance because it could be, I mean, not all relationships land well. I mean, that's just reality, isn't it? And sometimes it could be a miscommunication. A phone call hasn't gone well or an email that's been miscued. Maybe it's an issue from a staff member that you're not aware of that hasn't been elevated to director level. So it's important to resolve those things, making sure there's not an unresolved technical issue or something just hasn't been well addressed. If you do lose a client, it's important to do that exit interview as well. And that's a hard conversation, but that's the reality. You've got to hear stuff you don't want to hear. We're always learning as well about our continuous improvement as a business. No one's perfect. We don't aim for perfection because that's an impossible thing. We aim for excellence. Uh, that's achievable. So we just want as much feedback as we can if we've messed something up in order to not to do that again. 
Just last couple of questions, Nigel. Firstly, what are some common mistakes that rural accountants see farmers making with their finances? First and foremost, uh, not not understanding them or or they're still in pristine condition in their drawer after two or three years. That's not a good thing. They need to understand it because ultimately it is the report card, isn't it? That's the measure of progress. So they really do need to understand those accounts and also understand how it's actually how they've come together and understanding what it means within those reports and the information that you can draw from them, which is around that break-even milk price and understanding those sorts of numbers, which then derive what comes out of benchmark reports. So it's it's about actually understanding those reports and, and what they mean with regards to wealth creation. And if they don't understand them, I figure that's where they can have a chat to you. Yes, agreed. <laughs> so we can tell that story. And lastly, on the flip side of that, what are some things that farmers are often really good at in this area? Are there any kind of trends or things that you see? We love the innovation piece. Um, when we're challenged ourselves, when we're, they come in with scenarios that we, they want the more the detailing across or reassurance on the decisions that they've already made themselves. And we learn a lot out of that. That's really great to be on those journeys. And, and that might be sort of new technologies or the likes of sheep milking or solar farming or those sorts of things which we're involved with which is quite exciting and we, we're learning about that ourselves as we go we're all learning about it we're discovering it's blue sky stuff and that's really cool and those clients that bring that are exciting to work with uh, we're growing together as well and you know they come in with, with reports that are they just want us to, to do the detailing with and help them find capital more than anything to make it happen which is which is fantastic. Nigel, thanks so much. Absolutely brilliant to have your time and your expertise on the podcast, and we're really grateful. Thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Dairy. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, go to dairynz.co.nz forward slash podcast or find us on your favourite podcast platforms.